Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Few films have addressed the trauma of immigrating to a new country as intimately as Rice Boy Sleeps. Minari does come to mind, but fewer still have been as emotionally compelling as Anthony Shim's latest film. After losing her husband, Sue Young relocates to Canada in the 1990s with her son. Once there, they must fight for acceptance and respect. Her son is brutally bullied by his classmates, and he isn't helped by the timid, distinctly Canadian racism of his teacher and principal who consider the family troublesome. At her work, Sue Young battles loneliness and racist and sexist comments. As they negotiate their separate circumstances, a rift develops between mother and son. Rice Boy was recently awarded the Best Canadian Film by the Toronto Film Critics Association. We're joined today by the director, producer, writer, and editor of Rice Boy Sleeps, and that would be Anthony Shim. Anthony, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me. It is all of what I said and more. The the film is uh, obviously something that feels very much like a story that you're very familiar with. Let's talk about the inspiration for this. Well, I mean, the inspiration really does come from my own personal experiences. Um, Growing up in Canada in the 90s, um, a family immigrated and we we lived in neighborhoods that were um, predominantly white. And I was often the only Asian boy in school and definitely the only Korean boy in school. And so there were a lot of experiences that I had growing up that I felt was, you know, quite unique to just me um, and had felt uh, very alone in that experience. And then as time went on, I, you know, I started to meet other people that grew up at that around that same time and, and, and shared uh, similar stories and similar experiences. Um, and I and I felt like because I I started out as an actor uh, about twenty years ago, and so I've been in this industry for a while and come across and I've seen a lot of different film and TV projects, and and I just I felt like I hadn't seen a, a story captured on screen that depicted the experience of being a an Asian immigrant in the way that I felt was, was familiar to me. Of course, there are there are different wonderful films and TV shows that have been created, but not quite in the way that I felt like the experience that I had uh, and the people that I knew growing up. And so um, the goal was to then make something that felt truly honest and personal to me and my experiences. And hopefully I could I could shine a light on the the, the Asian immigrant experience uh, and an aspect of it that hadn't been captured before. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really did start from a, a personal place and, and my own, based on my own experiences and the people that I knew and, and really built out from there and, and tried to create a, a captivating emotional a film based on, 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 that, on that spine. The film starts out with a story about the family in the film and their yes. experience going back to Korea. Yeah. It gives us kind of this context for loss and family and the connection to the country of Korea and moves us here to Canada 
and which is often the experience of people, immigrant coming to a, a new country of having to work their way up. And we see in, in the story of this woman who takes on this thankless, low-paying job, essentially to provide for her son and to, to build a family out of it. That is That feels familiar. It sounds familiar, looks familiar in the film. The, the performance by uh, Choi Sung-yoon elevates this. And it just, she embodies so much of anyone who has, who has had a mother that they, that they cared for and who cared for them will relate to, we'll see that in this, but she is just a, a wonderful personality in the film. Let's talk about the character of Soo Young in this film. Yeah. I mean, it was a real, uh, uh, it was an important thing for me to portray a female Asian lead with with complexity and nuance and show a, a character that I felt like you know we don't often see on screen portrayed by Asian women throughout the history of cinema and TV shows the way Asian women have been portrayed have often been often times been um very you know uh, meek or agreeable or um, subservient or, you know, it's the other end of the extreme where it's almost like these like martial arts, like superhero type roles where they're, you know, where they're just completely just like fierce, invincible people. And I go, well, you know, like, where's the in-between of that? Where's the, 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 the real human beings that, that, that I have known my whole life, you know, the women that I've grown up with? And so I wanted to depict a mother as I didn't want to portray a mother that was flawless and perfect, but I wanted to create someone who was flawed, someone who was doing her absolute best and, and struggling to find a, a better life for her and her son um, and failing at tons and succeeding in certain other ways. There's something so admirable about that. And um, so so it was important to find the perfect person for that role who could show all those different facets and aspects of that character. It's just a terrific performance because we get all of that. We get the fierceness. We get her standing up for her son, standing up to the principal and the incident that happens at school, which I thought was a very pivotal kind of situation in which you, we see what you're talking about, a fully formed character and someone who who understands not only what happened with her son, but also has a greater context, a greater understanding, which she brings into the conversation with the principal, right? Of, of mm -hmm. the of the uh, bullying and the racism that accompanied what, what was going on. And in the film, we have two different phases of Dong's life being portrayed. First, as the younger version, as Noel Wang plays him, as well as the older version played by Ethan Wang. Let's talk a little bit about the performance of Ethan Wang. His father, who in real life, his name is David, um, and grew up in rural parts of Canada and lived a life, had, a, had an upbringing that was quite similar to that of the character in the film. And when Ethan was approached for this movie, um, his parents and his dad in particular was really um, instrumental in Ethan being a part of this because, you know, Ethan being a young, young man, um, 
looked to his dad for advice and his dad said you should do everything you can to be part of this film and to tell the story because it's it's beautifully written and that it's it's so relatable to him um so i know for ethan he personally related to this film to the character a lot but i think i think he took on a certain sort of a sense of there's a sense of responsibility that took on of telling his father's story in a way and he and he gave his heart and soul to this role um and yeah it just it's remarkable it was remarkable to watch that young man go from being this like kid really when we first met him and you could almost see him mature and age as the as the film progresses that by the end of the film shoot you know we looked at him and we were like, who is he he's he's become he's become a really a new man as it's mentioned in the film like he's become a new man since the, the first time we met him and so it was just it was an absolute pleasure to to be witness to that growth these two performances first by noel wang as the younger version and then Ethan, as you're describing, just does a wonderful job and really does blossom in watching him in this role. And uh, there are two phases of these of this young man's life that are just beautifully portrayed. So congratulations on getting those performances from them. I just want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, Anthony Shim. He is the writer, director, co-producer, and editor of this wonderful film called Rice Boy Sleeps. And it is currently available on video on demand. So be looking for it wherever you um, choose to look. I assume it'll be on the usual suspects as far as the platforms are concerned and all. Um, There is a a real beautiful look to the film. The cinematography is wonderful. I love what you do with the camera in this film. You use a certain number of different ways to tell the story through the camera movement in the film. Let's talk a little bit about your work with uh christopher luke i mean chris did just the most incredible work on this film and when he came on board we you know we decided on a few things early on you know we decided to shoot on 60 millimeter film uh we decided to shoot the film primarily on a gimbal give it that look as the camera moves this sort of flowy that slightly unnatural feel while it has that bit of uh, the the human element to it um, and the decision to shoot on a gimbal shoot in the way that we did with the camera movements and its placement um, had to do with the decision that we made of wanting to tell the story from the perspective of the deceased father and that the camera was representing the point of view of the father wow. and it was what if and we thought what if you've passed away and you could watch over your loved ones, right. what would that appear like? Um, and so we gave the camera a specific emotional um, point of view and, and a relationship to the subjects. And so that informed all the decisions we had to make in regards to where will the, where is the camera going to be placed and how is it moving? When is it moving? How long do we stay on you know, a per- one person rather than the other? Um, and it informed the way we way I cut the film uh, and the pace and the tone of it. So that was the that was I would say the single most important decision that we had to make in the preparation of this. And then and we rehearsed and blocked the entire thing um, so that you know almost as though it was a play. And the camera 
we rehearsed with the DP and we and the camera was part of the 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 blocking of this shoot as though it was another character. You know, I I asked Chris to really under try and understand and, and research um this person so that as though you he was an actor himself portraying the father. And you know, we rehearsed and blocked certain things to a, a great uh, detail and to great length. But at the end of the day, on well, on the day, I asked Chris, I don't want to over plan when the camera moves and how it moves. I said, you have to be moving from an emotional, instinctual place because, because the actors are discovering these things in the moment organically. So I felt the camera should do the same. You know, if it felt felt authentic and honest to him to pan to another person in a in any given moment that he had the green light to do so. And 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 so I just I was able to just sort of sit back and let them all work it out themselves. And I'm replaying the film in my mind as we speak, as you were talking about that. And I, I now I can see so much of just what you described. So certain scenes in the classroom, there's a couple of scenes where we see the camera moving around particularly one that struck me in that regard was when she, when mom is telling her son about what's going on with her and she's at the top yep. of the stairs and yep. it makes so much sense what yes well beautifully done and it really yeah it just it was wonderful to watch just in terms of pulling you into a scene and but now now you've given us a whole nother reason to uh, to appreciate what what you guys did together. That's yeah, really well done. Just a uh, wonderful film. Uh, once it's again, worth, it's worth multiple viewings, if I might add. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Well, I'm just remember walking through the house. You know, there's just yeah. things that are yeah. As you were talking about it, I'm okay. Okay, I can see this and. Definitely. Well, the film has gotten an awful lot of wonderful uh, notice in terms of the uh, the critical acclaim. It was declared by the as the winner of the Toronto Film Critics Association the Rogers Award for Best Canadian Film. Congratulations on that! Thank and you. it's your second feature, and I'm yeah. sure that it's given you a lot of reason to continue working on. You you mentioned you're in Korea now. Are you working on something there, or are you? Got I some, am. I mean, I've been working on a few different projects, but I have one particularly that um, I'm working on currently that will be my next film, um, which we, we, which is set in Korea and will be shot primarily in Korea. So I'll be here doing the research for that and writing this, writing the film here. Congratulations. The emotional resonance in this film is truly, truly noteworthy and just pulls you right in. So continue success continue to do what you've been doing um uh, with rice boy sleeps and uh my all the best to you moving forward anthony shim thank you so much writer director editor and co-producer of this wonderful film thank you so much thank you You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.